Victor, are you in a fucking tunnel? Like, what the hell is happening? Why? What do you hear? Nothing. It sounds like you're um, about two miles down the road in the middle of nowhere yelling, and we can, like, barely hear you in the distance because it's a slight echo because there's nothing around. But, yeah. And if you're talking now, I can't hear yeah, you. So. Yeah. Uh, Vic, by the way, welcome to the the Brett and Spencer show starring Brett and Spencer. Thank you. It's great uh, for having me here. It's, so very it's exciting. Great. <laughs> it's great for having you here. <laughs> yes, this is the first. You're the first ever guest on the Brett and Spencer show. So congratulations to that. We like cut, retake. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yes, thank you guys for having me here uh, as the first ever guest on the Brett and Spencer show, <laughs> starring Brett and Spencer. Um, yeah, it's an honor that I'm here and that even more importantly, I was the first guest asked to be here. So gr- very excited to uh, see how you guys do it. I mean, I heard last episode, but just being here okay. and yeah, you being yeah, part uh-huh. of it's too far. Yeah. All right, yeah, it's <laughs> enough. All right, the bit's over, Vic. Um, thanks for being back, though. It, Brett. I don't know about you. It felt, it did feel a little empty, even though it was probably the best episode ever. That I it was a good episode. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I felt really good afterwards. I, I still felt a little empty, a little hollow because we didn't have Vic here. Yeah, you know, there wasn't really uh, any any person to make fun of. You know, we just kind of <laughs> had like a casual conversation, and there was no no jokes really being made. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I agree for that reason. You know. It did feel a little weird. Mm-hmm. It's always better to have more people too, but I did feel really good after last week. It, it was an opportunity to get a lot off our chests, and it felt great. Uh, very refreshing. Much needed. Much needed yeah, for sure. For sure, Vic. Is there anything it's... you need to get off of your chest? Like, we'll give you the yes. floor. No, I mean, uh, first off, I just want to say it's great that you know when looking at the top five episodes ever. Uh, of Top Chatter and including the Brett and Spencer show, that all five episodes are when it's just you two, as uh, you guys point out each time. Oh. But it's great you guys Wait, are really. In, it's great to see that you guys uh, believe you are improving and making each one better. I mean, clearly it's already just top five if it's uh, I'm not here. So because <laughs> that you guys believe each one is still up in the last one, gotta gotta set higher goals and keep working towards it. Mm. Is that legit? That's so weird. What? I that, I, that I believe all our best episodes are when it's just you two? Oh, I didn't know if that was an actual fact or if you just made that up. Oh, no, I made that up. Because I was going to say, I don't think we've even done five, just Spencer and I. We've maybe done like <laughs> three max. Uh, if you're counting videos, I'm sure you did five, but... Yeah, that's true. Because I wasn't there all last summer. But Back yeah. in the YouTube days. Now we're on Spotify. Oh, yeah. We are on two years in the making, uh, and we reached <laughs> the goal. So that was a big adjustment and huge for Top Cheddar and the yeah. Brett and Spencer show. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, Spencer, did you end up winning any money last week? <laughs> I did, yes. I So, um, as you guys know, 
or you may know, I do enjoy like daily fantasy sports. Um, I, I think there's like skill behind it. It's not just, I mean, you can obviously be completely random, um, but I like the, the fact that you can have a new team every week instead of just like season long uh, setups where you have to draft and be stuck with, um, you know, your whatever crappy second round pick you had who got hurt in week one, you know, stuff like that. So I, I stopped doing DFS when the NBA shutdown happened um, back in God, March. And I hadn't done anything until last Sunday. And um, I did a $10 buy-in and I ended up winning $60. But going into the four o'clock games, I was shooting for 5,000, which was pretty nuts. Um, And then this week I did the $10 buy-in again, because now I'm, you know, I got that uh, adrenaline rush and dopamine kick off of winning money last week. And I'm in line, I think, to win 20 or $30 again this week now. Moving up. There you go. How does it work um, since you work for DraftKings? Because like, I thought uh, when you started, you said that you weren't able to do them because you worked for them. So I just didn't know. Yeah. Uh, what the policy was or how that works yeah uh we uh we like employees can't like play against the public essentially so like i'm not in like the same like contests that like but we have like our own league essentially that we can play in cool nice and then what about just like regular bets can you not no i'm not allowed to do sports book unfortunately so, what you use like your rival FanDuel to do that? Sport? No, I can't. I can't do. Uh, I we that I'm like not even like uh, I'm not even sure on. So I just don't do any sports work whatsoever. I think technically we okay. can do it through a certain like casino, maybe or, or something or other. But no, definitely not FanDuel. Like you can't obviously play on the competitor um, stuff like that. But but yeah. Did that answer the question? Wow. Yes. Okay. Brett, did you win any money? Yeah. No. So uh, <laughs> I've, I've spoken in the past about how I do Premier League pick them um, with, you know, the $50,000 jackpot every week. Actually, two weeks ago, not this week, two weeks ago, two people split the entire jackpot. Uh, so 25K Damn. each. So that was pretty sweet for them. I was not one of those people. Um, I haven't won anything yet this year. And uh, this week, for the first time ever, I actually got zero <laughs> points. Um, how the points work is you get 10 if you get the exact s- score correct. Uh, you get four if you get the outcome correct. Uh, so, like, draw or one of the teams wins, just not by the s- right score. And then zero for nothing. And I got zero. Um, <laughs> and it just kind of capped off a really interesting and strange week in the premier league in general so i'm uh, glad you asked i'll tell you what happened um so we had coming into this a lot of big matches um the first of which was the manchester derby between uh manchester united and manchester city this is normally a really entertaining and fun game um and you know two of the biggest games of the year are when those two play each other and United just got knocked out of the Champions League in the group stage uh, just on Tuesday, which was really funny. Um, 
So you, you'd expect them to answer and everything. This played out to a 0-0 draw, which was really surprising. And it was just a boring game in general. Um, there weren't even like a lot of great chances for either side. It was really disappointing. Everybody was super disappointed. Um, so I got that one wrong. Liverpool played Fulham, who is currently in a relegation zone. And uh, they played to a 1-1 draw with Liverpool getting bailed out. And I mean bailed out. Uh, they got a penalty awarded to them on an alleged handball that wasn't, it didn't hit his hand. Uh, so people in uproar about that, but that's a 1-1 draw. That was a weird result. Tottenham also drew Crystal Palace, which was another weird result. Basically, you had a ton of opportunities for teams at the top of the table to, to really kind of start to separate themselves, and none of them did. Uh, Chelsea also losing to Everton. They were another team that had a chance. Um, Leicester City really being the only one that actually won their game. So uh, just an interesting weekend and sets up the way the table is right now um, as we enter December, which typically teams will start playing two games a week now. Uh, it really picks up. You have essentially one through like seven, all within four points of each other. Um, and this is like the tightest it's been at this point in the season for years. I can't even remember the last time. So it's something to watch. It'll be really exciting to to watch it progress. Um, I, I think the biggest surprise team so far is Southampton, who finished 10th last year. Um, and they weren't projected to be a bad team this year, but they are currently third and uh, playing out of their minds despite all the injuries they've had. So um, it'd be really cool to see them maybe finish top four, make the Champions League, or even win the league which would be their first time ever winning the league. Um, but at the very least, I mean, this is already the best start they've had uh, in their club for like the past like 30 years or something like that. So um, again, if you're not in the Premier League, it is a good season to get into it because it's so tight. It's really up for grabs uh, more so than ever. So, you know, pick a team, start watching. If, you hate it, that's fine. You don't have to. And uh, just disregard the last few minutes here and we'll <laughs> stop talking about it right now. Now, before we stop talking about it, you said one through seven are all very close for the first time in a while. Can you run through uh, Southampton is third, but who are those seven that you see, like any of which could still make a very solid chance at the title? Yeah, so the teams that are kind of all clumped together at the top right now is – Tottenham is still technically first. Uh, they're even on, in points with Liverpool, but have the goal differential. Um, third, like I mentioned, Southampton, I believe uh, Leicester's fourth. Actually, Leicester might have moved up to three now over Southampton with that win. I didn't check. But Leicester's four, we'll say. Uh, you have um, Manchester United, Manchester City, both up there. You have Everton still up there. You have Aston Villa, who's really close. They actually have a couple games in hand. Um, and I'm forgetting a team. I don't have it in front of me. You put me on the spot here. That's okay. Just so our listeners have an idea who is up there, uh, if they were looking for a team, not a bad grouping to choose from if uh, you're trying to get a shot at the title your first year and hop on a bandwagon. But definitely still... Oh, West Ham. That's the last team. West Ham, a really surprising team who barely avoided relegation last year. They're also at the top. I believe they are actually fifth right now. Um, West Ham United is the last one. Sorry. 
So there you go. You have a wide spread if you're trying to get into it. As far as teams doing well, that uh, this is definitely more of an outlier compared to recent years. And you have your dynasty still up top. So take your pick. As long as it's not Liverpool, take your pick, yes. Or Manchester United, really. Go Spurs. Yeah, Boys. go Spurs. You know, stuff like that. Was that is that that is one, um, right? Who, who are the Coys? Yeah, that's the Oh, wait, they're yeah. the same? Yeah. What? Yes. Oh, boy. The Spurs and Coys is the same Speaking team. Speaking of the Spurs. How does that make any sense? Speaking of I'm the Spurs, I'm so sorry. Like, uh, I, I'm broken right now. Brad, go ahead. Tell me about the Spurs. Toys is like okay. You know how it's um, "Fly Eagles Fly" is the is the chant, right? That's a little slogan. Like "Fly Eagles Fly." That's what I people thought it was say. Birds. Theirs is "Come on, you Spurs." They abbreviated to Coys. Oh, so that's why when you're seeing Coys, that's what you're seeing. But they're called the Spurs. Okay. Speaking of Spurs. Um, in the NBA, the Spurs are not in the James Harden sweepstakes, <laughs> but a lot of other teams uh, have kind of emerged. Um, I'll just start. I saw the Miami Heat are uh, very seriously considering putting an offer together for James Harden, which right off the bat I think would be a mistake because I don't think James Harden fits the way that Heat team is constructed right now very well. And also, any package to get Harden, you would assume they'd have to send at least one of Tyler Harrow or Duncan Robinson as part of the deal. And I think they're two young players you definitely want to keep around. I don't know. Uh, Chris Dunn. Or none. None. Dunn? None. Chris None. None. Is another guy that might have to go. Uh, again, I think you want to keep him around. So I don't know. I'm a little shaky on the thing. But if the Heat want to do it, Maybe I mean, you know, I don't know how him and Butler would get along, though, to be honest with you. Uh, honestly, I think that I think Harden and Butler would, would probably work together. I don't know. I just see I see Jimmy getting on him about his defense. And I think I think they could coexist on the other side of the ball. But I don't know how I see defensively that that really going. I definitely see where you're coming from with that. Uh, but if, as we here referred to, if teams are looking for a big three a lot of the time, I mean, Butler and Harden are two very solid pieces in forming a big three. So, Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's a better fit than some other teams that I've seen, which we'll get into, but I'll let somebody else talk since I've been talking this whole episode. I mean, all I was going to say is I would be like – I would be extremely scared of James Harden, Jimmy Butler, and Bam as as that big three. That would be like, yeah, you'd be giving up a lot, but I mean, what more do you need outside of that big three right there? Um, I saw things that were basically saying you would probably be giving up um, – Harrow, Nunn, and Robinson. Like he'd probably be giving up all three, essentially. Um, you see, that's a that's a big mm-hmm. don't do it. For oh me. yeah, no, I agree. If, like, yeah, I mean, um, uh, like we can we can attest to the fact of like, you know, there is such a thing sometimes as too much 
or there are times where it feels like you have too much depth, but uh, when we traded for Toby, we completely just, well, Toby and Butler, we just completely got rid of all of our depth for two, you know, good players. And that, you know, ended up hurting us in the long run, uh, the Sixers, that is. Um, so, and, and those are young guys who are relatively cheap right now. Like, if anything, you should be spending your money on uh, on, on some free agents and, you know, just filling in your holes that way, in, in my opinion. But that being said, it, it would still be a pretty, a, a pretty, pretty big three. Now, uh, this postseason especially was kind of at least a stepping stone of a breakout uh, for Tyler Harrow. Do you guys think he will sustain a level of play that he did in this postseason? Or do you think this could be, I mean, it's still a lot and maybe too much to give up for Harden, but could this be a very good sell high point if they don't think he can uh, really replicate that on a season long level? Uh, I think no, I think he won't play the way he did in the postseason. I think he'll continue to get better. Um, this was, this was, I believe his, his rookie season, was it not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's just... a rookie. Um, and yes, he, he was a different, he didn't have a bad regular season, but he was definitely a different player, uh, after the pause. But I think that just kind of shows the growth too. You know, he had the long pause to continue to work on his game. He comes back even better. I think we're going to see an even better version this season, uh, as he's had now the off season to continue to improve. And I think he's a star in the making. I really do. He, the way he can create his own shots and um, he reminds me of like a shorter Clay Thompson. Um, I think he needs to improve his defense a bit more, but I, I really like him as a player. Um, so no, I, and going back to the big three, it, it would really set up the heat probably for a title uh, within the next, you know, one or two years, but that's all you're going to have because John James Harden's a free agent. Mm-hmm. Um and and Bam Adebayo too, I believe. So I don't know how you're going to be able to keep that together. And I just don't think you know the Heat proved this past year that with their depth, uh, they're a very good team. They have a ton of good pieces. They work well together. I don't know why you'd want to break that up. I don't think they're far away from a title. I think as their young guys continue to improve and they continue to get more years together, this this Heat team as it's constructed right now could win a finals mm-hmm. no i agree 100 percent um yeah, yeah. You, so you brought up the heat uh and this is reportedly because harden ex- expanded his list of teams so the other ones on that list are the bucks and then the nets and the sixers which the nets we had heard about since like day one of harden rumors and I didn't know that he had the Sixers on his preferred options list. I mm. just always heard the Sixers were like basically a uh, potential landing spot. But thankfully, um, our new Lord and Savior, Daryl Morey, uh, has said that he would prefer not to trade either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid and wants to uh, go into the season with both of them. And Doc Rivers has said that he also thinks that he can capitalize on the two of them better than Brett Brown ever could. So I don't think we have to worry about that. Um, 
So it'd be interesting to see because the Sixers are like heavily favored, um, I think, in like odds, Vegas odds and stuff. If he is to get traded, that that's the team that he's going to be traded to. Um, And so, like, I don't know what the package would be if it's to not include uh, Ben Simmons as a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't for, for you're exactly right. I don't I don't see it happening unless the Rockets come down on their ask. Um in which case the Sixers would still have to give up just about every draft pick in the book as well as probably some combination of Bible, Maxi, Tobias Harris would definitely be part of it, I'm sure. Um it, it'd still be a big trade, but yeah, they'd have to basically back off that the we need Ben Simmons as part of this deal, which as a Sixers fan, thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first saw this, that we might be trading Ben for James Harden, I nearly, I nearly had a heart attack. I was so scared and taken aback. And yeah, thank God Daryl Morey said that. I'm much calmer about the situation. And um, it's another. That's another team, though. The Sixers. That uh, quite frankly, I don't know if I see the fit as well. Um, you. If, I, he's, if he's between Simmons and Embiid, you don't see that fit? Because I absolutely see that fit. Oh, I see the fit. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Because here's the thing. Ben Simmons has proven he needs the ball in his hands really to be effective. And so does James Harden. I think it'd be hard to find kind of a balance between the two and, and get the most out of each player if you have all three. Mm-hmm. Um Joel's fine without the ball. We've seen that. But again, yeah, Harden, like, I, I don't know. If, you, if you're if you starting to play Simmons, then back to the post, we've seen he's not as effective down there. He kind of needs to bring the ball up. And that's what James Harden's done his whole career is bring the ball up and, and have the ball in his hands. So, I, I mean, I'm not opposed to getting a player like James Harden on the Sixers, but I think Doc Rivers would have a, a bigger task on his hands than we all are thinking and uh, trying to make that work. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, like, I don't, I, I'm not saying I, I, by saying, I think it would work and I see the fit. I'm not saying that I want it to happen because I'm of the mindset that like, obviously I don't want to see Ben or Joel go anywhere. And I'm confident with doc. Uh, it's like easy to point to the fact that Toby played his best year of basketball, like while, playing under doc um mm-hmm. so like there's clearly a connection there um like seth curry is gonna have to play out of his mind because that's his father-in-law um so <laughs> like these are all important factors um and you know i, I just think like co- collectively like the team that we that the sixers have been able to put together right now i i think should be pretty good that i i wouldn't want to yeah, you know, it, it would remind me too much of when we blew things up to get Butler and, and Toby, and I just don't want to do something like that again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we looked at it before and said, yeah, we have the depth. Let's, like, this is awesome that we can get a piece. And, yeah, those depth pieces were very valuable, but now we have, like, our core. And uh, especially referring back to the fact that Brett pointed out Harden only has two years, uh, I don't, as a Sixers fan – want that mentality of if we can't get it done in the next two years, we like it's a loss because then we're giving up too much for it. Mm-hmm. 
but I do think it would just be lethal uh, to have Harden, Ben, and JoJo uh, if they can find a way to make the whole uh, ball carrier situation pan out. Especially if, and this would probably never happen, but if we didn't have to give up Matisse to do it, then you have two of the best Two very great, uh, to not be possibly biased saying it, two very great defenders on the court uh, that can hopefully cover for Harden. Mm-hmm. Defensive. Yeah, and another team that, Spencer, you didn't mention, and I don't know if this is legit or not, but I saw thrown out there was the Toronto Raptors um, mm. with a, a package with the main piece being Pascal Siakam going to Houston. Um, that was another interesting one because we talked last week about how Harden kind of needs that facilitator point guard with him like Chris Paul was, and Kyle Lowry fits that mold perfectly. Um, so that would be an interesting fit in Toronto, I think, if that were to happen. But that seems more of a long shot than the other teams we just named. Think of how easy it would be to hate Toronto between Lowry and Harden. <laughs> oh, my God. Closer and closer to the Celtics. Yeah, true, true that. But real quick, um, before we get off of this, um, each of us, each of us, I want to just hear what what you guys, what team you think needs to make a move for Harden, and what team you think Harden ends up staying on or or being on come trade deadline. I won't even say to start a year because I don't think anything's gonna happen super quick here with this situation, but by the trade deadline, where do you think he is? Whoever wants to go. Okay, I'll go first. Uh, the team that I think should make a move for him is the Bucks, and here's why. We saw how good the Bucks can be and that they can be such a great regular season team, uh, but especially in playoffs, if they their, a lot of their struggle came from if they got behind, they weren't used to that play of being able to make a comeback uh, with Giannis. He's more of the let's get ahead and then just maintain the lead because you can't stop and down low. Uh, and then you gain the foul trouble and et cetera. Whereas Harden could be that piece of if you need that that uh, spark for a comeback, he's just – he is a, such a good shooter that he could do it. So I think that would be a great fit for them. And with how well pretty much their whole team did last year, I think they could be one of the few teams that can afford that depth given up. Where I think he, what I think will happen is I think he'll just end up staying on the Rockets because they blast for too much. Mm. Okay. Mm. The team, oh man, the team that I think should make a move for James Harden is the New York Knicks. They are the worst team in basketball, and you know it would be a spark for that organization. Uh, in all seriousness, I think the Nets would make perfect sense. You'd be looking at basically a uh, like Miami Heat when it was Wade, uh, LeBron, and Bosch in the sense that you really would just have this big three that dom- completely dominates and you don't need to worry about the rest of the team uh, too much. And uh, it just almost makes too much sense that he would join Kyrie and Durant. And I would be okay with that because I think they would have a lot of issues and it would actually make the Nets probably worse. Um, but maybe not. 
Uh, the team I have to agree with Vic though. The team that he, you know, ends up on or, or is staying with is probably just going to be the Rockets. They're going to ask for too much and kind of rightfully so. Um, and I think ultimately uh, other teams are just going to bow out of the of the race to try and get him uh, with nothing ultimately happening. Hmm. The Knicks is in, the Knicks is interesting because this is a very Knicks thing to do. If they were to, I don't know, give up RJ Barrett, um, et cetera. Who, who's the other guy they just drafted out of Dayton? Obi, mm-hmm. Obi Toppin, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they give up him, Barrett, and like a ton of firsts. Get Harden for a couple of years. Don't give him any help. Like it's a very Knicks thing to do. I could totally see that happen. But I actually agree with Victor on this one. I think the Bucks are the team that should make a move. We know the whole situation with Giannis's contract extension. Um, I believe he has only like another week. When's the deadline on that? It's very yeah, soon. It's, it's coming up. Um, so ideally they make this sooner rather than later because I think the Bucks do, and the Bucks have a depth to, to make this move. Like that's not an issue. They definitely have the pieces they can move out to bring in Harden. And I think if they make that, maybe that convinces Giannis to stay. And I think that in itself is enough reason for the Bucks to make a move for James Harden. Um, I also think him and Giannis could work together. I think, I think that makes more, more sense than some of the other uh, potential teammates Harden will find himself with. Um, ultimately, I think he, I think he will be traded. Um, I don't think it'll be anytime soon. I think it'll be towards the deadline. Uh, but I don't see the Rockets. I see them kind of just having a similar year than they have, you know, the past like three or four seasons. And I think Harden will get more and more upset the more they're just floundering around that four or five seed in the West. And I think by trade deadline, he will absolutely demand a trade. Rockets are going to have to lower their ask just to get rid of them. And I think a team will end up with him. I don't think it's going to be any of the teams we just named, though. I think it's going to be a random mystery team. Maybe a team like the Phoenix Suns. Um, I think a team that is kind of rising in the West. Maybe Dallas swoops in. I don't know. But I think it'll be a mystery team kind of like that. But I do think he gets moved. Okay. Um, Does he have any type of – and I don't know if this is a thing – so pardon if it's a dumb question, but does he have any type of no trade like where he can say absolutely just no to certain teams? Probably. Okay. I, didn't I don't know, know for sure, but I know he made a list of his preferred destinations. So that leads me to believe he does have some sway in the, in the matter. Yeah. Or that most teams like would the, be probably but... trying to like, see if he would, you know, potentially sign a, an extension and if they can kind of have that good faith. So like if, if I'm the Sixers and I know that Harden's like, yeah, I'm not going to sign with them. So like, I'm not even going to try and engage in trade talks or I'm certainly not going to be giving up much. So yeah, it's a bit of a, bit of a double-edged sword on the Rockets end. Yeah, definitely. Um, All right. Any other NBA notes? I don't think so. Preseason's back up, though. Preseason has started. There's a game on tonight, actually. Yeah. Um, we are... What's today? The 13th? 12th? 13th? So we are 
exactly uh, nine days away from the first game of the regular season. Cannot wait. Pretty exciting. I, I am very ready for the NBA to be back, yes. Um, and uh, the, the uh, NHL, I'll, I'll touch on this quick because we discussed it last week. There's a lot of hope that January 13th will be the first puck drop for the NHL as the two sides – when we mentioned last week, they were far apart on their financial situation. They have figured that part out, but there's still a lot of debating going on regarding how they're going to do the logistics of the season itself with the amount of games, the divisions, um, the traveling, all of that. So that's still being worked on. Um, they're targeting January 13th, though. And the fact that they got the financials down, that's pretty much the biggest part. So... I'm optimistic, but again, until they officially finalize anything, I'm not going to get my hopes up uh, about an NHL season this year. Okay. Yeah. uh, Pretty much in my eyes, if they don't start, I know you talked a lot about this last week, so I won't talk too much, but in my eyes, if they don't start by February 1st, I don't see any way a season happens. I think at that point, it'll just, make sure everything is ironed out uh, to be ready for the fall. And at this point, like, I know it's going to be such a weird season, but we already saw how much of a loss it was for the NHL, not being pretty much right away the first ones back uh, when, like, they, I think they could have uh, with how well it worked for them, if they could have ironed it out a little bit ahead of time. Um, And I think that, they might lose a lot of fair weather fans if they really do have another lockout. Yeah. It'd be devastating for the NHL uh, for sure. As the NBA continues to do good things. (laughs) Um, Spencer, uh, what happened in the MLB this past week? Yeah. So one of the bigger pieces of news, uh, Daryl Morey, not the only new exec in Philadelphia, the Phillies are making some management changes. They hired uh, Dave Dombrowski as their new president of baseball operations. Um, he he was a part of like the the Marlins' success, the Red Sox. Um, he was like a big part of the the Tigers when they had Cabrera and like Scherzer and uh, Verlander. So. He was a huge part of like building some some really really good teams, and so I think this is going to be really good for the Phillies. Uh, any Philadelphia fans who are listening, though, one thing to keep in mind: Dombrowski does like to blow up an entire team to build a perfect team, um, and it tends to cost a lot. And so when he comes through, he's kind of a tornado, and he does a lot of good and will get you close or will win you a championship, but then you are left with nothing in the wake of him leaving. So you have to decide if that's, you know, something you, uh, something you want, if you're willing to take that, but he is very good at what he does. And so I think personally, uh, Philadelphia fans should be excited that they will hopefully have a good, uh, front office guy making some decisions for them. 
So hopefully the Eagles join the list of Philly teams to make some front office changes. Am I right, boys? Yeah, and the sixth or the Flyers too. Honestly. Victor, am I right, boy? Yeah, okay. but that's uh what you yeah, guys want. Well, I just wanted I just wanted everybody to be in agreement. Jesus. Um, um yeah. so basically you're saying if you're a Philadelphia Phillies prospect currently, uh have a suitcase ready. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. If you're if you're pretty good. Um yep. Yeah. Yes. Dang. <laughs> yeah, he uh He's not afraid to just wheel and deal, and uh, he's made some pretty awesome moves over the years. Um, but he's also, like, not afraid to trade, you know, big-name players either to get farm pieces. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's all, all, an all-around really good baseball guy. Uh, so, I think that's exciting. In other baseball news um i believe it was literally the day after we recorded brett last week the reds and the angels agreed to a trade uh the rate uh, the reds excuse me traded uh rizo iglesias to the angels uh for no ramirez and a player to be named later um iglesias is probably one of the better young closers in the game um, and should be a key piece of the Angels bullpen. Um, I think pretty much since he's been, um, I think since he's been in the majors and he, he replaced Araldis Chapman after he left Cincinnati. Um, but he's had like a sub three ERA Um Last year, he had a 31-5 to strikeout-to-walk ratio, um, a sub-3 ERA as well. Really good at getting people to hit ground balls. Um, he, he's just a really terrific ninth-inning guy, uh, or honestly just late-in-the-game guy, depending on your viewpoints on closers. So I think the Angels – Ramirez is a fine relief pitcher, but, um, you know, certainly – the Reds were looking to take kind of a, a, a cheaper player who has team control over a more expensive player in Iglesias. And I think the Angels make out pretty well here if they um, can continue to build a successful team. We'll see what they're able to do. But I, I did really like this trade for them. Uh, yeah, Iglesias was actually on my uh, fantasy baseball team this mm-hmm. past season. And we we made it to the ship. We lost, but we made oh, it to the ship. So, yeah, shout out to him. That makes funny usually. It did not. It was. It was. It did not. Damn it, Victor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then, in other news, the Mets signed James McCann, who was pretty much the best catcher on the market aside from Romuto. Um, which I want to touch on in a second, but the Mets signed him. Uh, it's basically like a four-year, $40 million deal, which is not a bad payday for McCann. He's a, he's a solid catcher. Um, he's kind of bounced around here now over the past couple of years, um, but he's proven himself to be pretty good. Um, 
And so I, I like I like this for both parties. Um, the Mets aren't overspending, um, which can happen a lot of times with catchers. And I think McCann is probably making um, – I mean, this is probably the best outcome he could have possibly gotten seeing as he gets a four-year deal. Uh, I think a lot of teams were trying to only do like two, maybe three years for him. So the fourth year that the Mets provided could have been the uh, – the, the thing that finally made the decision for him. Uh, but the reason I want to touch on Real Muto, uh, you know, it's the, the Mets were apparently in talks with him, but we never heard about where those talks went. Um, but I think Real Muto is actually hurt by being the best catcher in baseball and obviously therefore the best one on the market. Um, and because of how good he is, he's probably a 20 million a year guy. And given the current state of things and how I've constantly brought up how this is going to be probably just like the worst off season for baseball. And it's going to be so slow. Um, he might be priced out of so many people's ranges. And while I don't think he should take a cut by any means, seeing as he's definitely worth the money given what other people are paid. Um, I just think it's like funny that a guy who's significantly worse uh, in McCann gets a, a pretty contract and gets it before the best catcher in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw that James McCann deal. I thought it was a really good deal for the Mets. Cause that's a guy uh, that I actually know. Um, so um, that means he must be, he must be a pretty decent player. When you um, said, Given when you said you knew him, I thought you meant casual baseball. Oh fan yeah, knows. I was gonna say when you said you knew him, I thought you meant like personally. Oh <laughs> uh, no, 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 that'd be cool. But no, no, just like I, I know him as a player. I actually know who that is. So, um, good, definitely a good pickup for those Metropolitans uh, from New York. Yeah, he's just been consistent. Um, he's not like I said, he's not amazing, but um, you know, like it, this article notes that. He batted 275 with 25 home runs in his first year with the White Sox. So um, that's pretty much what you can expect from him. Like, I wouldn't expect better um, by any means, but I, I also would be – I'd be surprised if he did much worse than that. So I definitely think paying $10 million a year for a premium position, a position where it's hard to find good players um, – is yeah certainly a good good move for the Mets, um, but yeah we'll see what happens with Romuto. I would imagine more news should start to come in that camp, but uh, like I said, slow moving. Um, last week I talked about how David Dahl got non tendered. He just signed a deal with the Rangers. It's one year, three million. I think that's a great deal for the Rangers. He Dahl had a pretty bad year this past year, um, leading the Rockies to non-tender him. Um, but I thought that was kind of a, uh, a harsh and rushed decision on their end. And I probably would have just kept him around because um, it would have been his first year of salary arbitration. And I can't imagine he would have been uh, making that much. I think uh, numbers that I was, I was seeing were like maybe – like anywhere from 2.5 million to 3.5 million, something like that. So the Rangers basically paid right around what he was worth according to those projections. So definitely like the move. 
Um, happy to see that he did get a contract because I do think he's a pretty solid outfielder. And then the only other thing to note is this just happened right before we started recording. So I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but the Cleveland Indians will be changing their team name. Um, they may uh, wait until 2022 to enact the change, um, depending. Um, but they are definitely going to change it. And uh, it's undecided. Basically, it's undecided what's going to happen this year, whether or not it will be a, a new team name, if they will still be the Cleveland Indians, or if they will be going by the Cleveland baseball team, which I don't want like, I hope we don't just start adapting this as the new uh, team nickname. Um, and go ahead, Nick. I, I was just going to say, I am all for like the change. I get why you're doing it. I'm in mm-hmm. support of it. Uh, but please, for the love of God, come up with a name before you do it. And, like, I'm even okay, and maybe other people aren't, with there being, like, at least a, roughly a season, I would say, from when you change to when, I would say, you get the very next season as a grace period, and then for the one after that, you need, like, to have your name ready. But I would much rather you take the time to come up with a name than just announce it, have somebody trademark all the names you want, and then have to spend time as the baseball mm-hmm. team uh, till that happens. That being said, don't just say you're changing it and then never actually change it for five years and have that become a thing just to draw mm-hmm. more attention. Yeah, definitely agree. I just hope that, like I said, I just hope it's not the new norm when a team is like, yeah, we're, I mean, the both Washington football team and now the, the Cleveland baseball team, um, great reasons to, to change the team name. But in any other circumstance, I just hope we don't, you know, soon have a, uh, Philadelphia basketball team because uh, people just don't like the the correlation to 1776 anymore or something and so yeah I I don't know I I think like it's bad enough that you had a a team nickname that you just shouldn't have had in the first place in my opinion it's bad enough that you had that but then you're just too lazy to to actually come up with something else so you just have the most boring and like nothing name. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really think there's any other teams that, that need to change their name. Right. Not I mean, that I can think of the, the Cleveland Indians and the Washington Redskins were the two really <laughs> obvious ones. Um, and I think I don't really think off the top of my head that there's really any other team. So hopefully this is the last one, but yeah, um, it, it's exciting though. But you know what? I completely get it because it, it takes a great deal of mm-hmm. time and consideration to really come up with a name and a logo and just a whole brand uh, that you're going to switch to. Um, we see it with expansion franchises, you know, they, they get the franchise and then it takes them a couple of years to come up mm-hmm. with a name um, because you want to get it right. Um, so I can understand why they might need a year or two to come up with a yeah. new name. Um, and I completely get why Washington couldn't come up with one that, that quickly this year. So um, I can, I can understand yeah, I think it. Vic said it like if, it's like one or two years and you need to have that basically as like the placeholder. I, yeah, I certainly don't have an issue with that. The sooner you get rid of the dumb name you had, the better, but, um, 
but yeah, I, I think just to ultimately go, oh, you know what? I think we like it when it's like, really? Like, I guess, you know, um, but like, could you imagine if you're, you're right? No other team should. I, off the top of my head, I can think of another team that would need to, um, to, to change their nickname. But could you imagine if like every expansion team that came in was just like, well, we just don't really like, we're not going to put the time into coming up with. A, a new nickname so we're just going to be the the new city football team the new city yeah. baseball team the new city hockey team and all that stuff yeah i also just want to point out can you imagine looking at football because it's becoming more and more likely if the washington football team wins that division then suddenly there's going to be people who are like oh don't change it now like we actually won the division with that and then you have to deal with like obviously you don't listen to what fans say for everything but it's just the more that you have sports and teams where it's like, as you said, blank, uh, like Washington football team or Cleveland baseball team. It's just the more time that I feel like sooner or later, one of them is going to last longer than a year. And that is not something we want. I mean, because what happens when you them at the same time? Yeah, I was going to say, ideally, the Washington football team wins the Super Bowl and then changes their name. So... That'd be funny. Washington football team versus I mean, the Steelers. I'm calling it. <laughs> Same outcome. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Washington football team, I whatever name they do come up with, I kind of hope that they keep their jerseys the same because I am – a hundred percent in love with the whole numbers on the helmet thing. I think it looks so cool. It's something we don't no other NFL team does. And I love it. Like you see it in college a lot, but not in the NFL. And I think it looks awesome. Like I hope they keep the numbers on the helmet at least, regardless what they come up with. Unfortunately, uh for you, I highly doubt that'll happen because I think the minute they pick a logo, that that'll be the first thing that goes on. Well, I know that's what I'm afraid of, but I, I really hope it doesn't. But you're right, it will. But let's just not think about that. Gotcha. Maybe they'll stay football team and they'll just keep the numbers on the helmets. Honestly, I, I won't put it past them to stay football team. Yeah, especially if they win the Super Bowl. Then, then they Which they're going to, yes. <laughs> I don't even I really d- still don't think they'll even win that division well I mean one of those honest. below average teams has to win it so yeah but I don't think it'll be them speaking of congratulations to the Dallas Cowboys on their first legitimate win of the season was this it week. was it legit I mean if Joe Burrow's there they lose yeah, but you know what? Every team is injured. Like, they actually earned that win today. Um, so, congratulations to them. Wow. I can no longer make the joke. For the first time, uh, we will not have a reminder that they should have zero wins. One win. Yeah. Oh, but not zero. Yeah, I'm not going to bring up the one win thing because the Jags have one win. So. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Fair. Oh. Sorry, we're getting off topic. Was it? Is was there any other baseball was, stuff? No, that was that was it. That was it. All right, Victor. It was your week to pick a random fun fact. So, uh, what is your 
Random fun fact. Oh, me? I thought I was a guest on this show. Hmm. That's why you're a guest. You were going to bring us something random. Yeah, it's show and tell time. Let's go. Uh, I was never good at going first in show and tell. Okay, well, get better. Well, you're the only one going, so. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I don't have one. Do your outro, and I will try and think of something. And, yeah. Well, um, I have, well, yeah, I have I no words to, to even sum up how I'm feeling right now. I'm just so disappointed right now. <laughs> I mean, imagine being invited to something and just like being unprepared. It's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. But it couldn't, couldn't, couldn't be us. Simply could not imagine that. Well, I'll touch on college hockey quick while Victor thinks. Uh, the only thing I want to know is that there's only one remaining undefeated team that has played more than two games, and that is the Minnesota Gophers. Congratulations to them. I will say they've only played other Big Ten teams. They have not had any out-of-conference games yet, which is part of the reason, as the Big Ten as a whole has been disappointing so far. But still, congratulations to Minnesota. On being eight and zero, and zero. Are they scheduled to play Minnesota Duluth at all, or not yet? They are done the first half of their schedule now, uh, so I do not know. That'd be cool to see, though. Definitely, and Minnesota State both would be good games. Oh, don't know if this will fully count as the fun fact. But speaking of college sports, I actually saw a proposed, not from an official site, but. I think it would be awesome. A proposed uh, bracket for the college football um, bowl games this year. So because of how interesting the situation was, how different conferences have all played a different number of games, rather than selecting just four teams for the college football playoff, as which started, I think, four years ago. This is year five of it. Uh, they would open up to 16 teams. That way, it's less about if you're just top four and then pretty much if you earned a shot to be top 16 in the country, you now have this shot at uh, the title, which I think would be absolutely awesome. You get to see a school like Coastal Carolina, who I think has moved up to 11. Uh, we haven't talked about them since they hit that. Like You talk about them every week. What do you mean? <laughs> they hit that 16 mark. They haven't lost since. They've kept it up. They beat their first top 20 opponent, I think. Uh the other week. So, yeah, you get to see someone like them play Clemson uh, and just after all the years where it seems like... And get absolutely obliterated. Oh, my God. Yeah, but in all the years where it seems like those uh, schools who do very well but can't quite make it into the top two or top four or five to be considered uh, would at least have a chance and uh, maybe get some national spotlight. Um, I can't believe that for show and tell this week, we gave you a complete underhand toss and that's what you brought us. That was terrible. What yeah. toss did you think? I'll give you like a two, like 
a four out of ten for so for that. I one. think Brett, if you don't mind, I I also have something for the good yes. of the order. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sarah Fuller uh, became the first woman to score in a Power Five football game. She she got to she got into the game. What was that? Two weeks ago for Vanderbilt and. I think it was yeah. I think it was two weeks ago, and she got to do a kickoff um, because I guess their kickers were not available, and so uh, she is on the women's soccer team for Vanderbilt, and they basically had her practice with the team and uh, suit up and everything, and she had a chance to be in the game, so she was the first woman in a power five football game and then i think in a move that was like hey thanks for saving our ass and being available uh they got her in when they finally scored because that's something that vanderbilt doesn't typically do uh and they got her in for the point after and she nailed it and i thought that was very awesome very exciting for her afterwards she tweeted two for two mbd she's a baller now and uh like awesome for her and i think that's just awesome for for young women everywhere seeing that uh to to have aspirations to do something similar you see victor that is a news story 10 out of 10 spencer well done this is why you two are the hosts and i'm just the guest (laughs) that's the kind of stuff we're looking for (laughs) Excellent, excellent work. You know what that that's a that's a very heartwarming and awesome thing to 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 end on, Spencer. That's, that's a way to wrap it right there. Wrap it in a bow. Happy holidays. And uh, yeah, twelve days till Christmas. By the time you're listening to this, everyone, twelve well, days. By the time they're, yeah. Oh no, <laughs> today. <laughs> 11 days by the time you're listening. And more importantly, eight days till yeah. basketball. NBA starts. Yeah. Yes. And happy Hanukkah to all of our uh, listeners that celebrate Hanukkah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Victor, with that, would you like to uh, close us down? Yeah, I was just seeing uh, how long you were going there. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, make sure to tune in Thursday for To the Gridiron. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, where we will have updates about different things, especially as the holiday schedule comes, uh, if certain things come up or podcast episodes are delayed. And make sure to tune in next week, of course, for a very great episode of the Brett and Spencer show where hopefully a guest will come prepared unlike the idiot from today. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Sp- speaking of that, um, next week, do we want to just do like a whole NBA conference preview, like keep it brief, but just make that our Sunday since it'll be right before. Yeah, we start. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Is that a good idea? <laughs> yep. So next week, uh, NBA <laughs> preview, uh, forget the whole breakdown across all the leagues. Basically, if there's anything very severe to note from the other leagues, we will take care of that. Um, and then it will be just our NBA preview for where we see uh, each of the conferences. 
Well done, yeah. Basically, we'll just uh, touch on each team briefly, um, give a brief overview of what they did in the draft and the offseason and kind of where each one of us sees them ending the year. Basically, I think we'll just keep it broad, like yeah, playoffs like or that. not. And then, and then, uh, yeah, that'll be it. West and East. North and South. Yes, and North and South. Yep, yep. We'll see you guys. And the Canadian oh, division yeah. as well. Yeah. We will touch on that. Okay. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Raptors. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah, the Tampa Bay Raptors. So, yes, uh, make sure to tune in for that. And,